much like wrestling bears, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Much like wearing high heels in a soggy field of grass, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. (laughs) All right. Much like riding a great white shark, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Or much like eating crab legs on a first date while trying to look dainty, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Or eating a ridiculous amount of meat like in the movie Uncle Buck or eats the 96-ounce steak, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Yeah, while trying to get out of a pool raft without getting your hair wet, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Building a log cabin with your bare hands, backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. No, no, no. Taking off Spanx in front of your partner, backyard (laughs) weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Uh Uh-uh. Growing an outrageous beard and then shaving it with an axe or... Even better, getting into a fist fight with Chuck Norris. Backyard <laughs> weddings aren't for the faint of heart. Uh-huh. Getting a Brazilian wax, Daniel. <laughs> Very much like getting a Brazilian wax. Backyard weddings aren't for the faint of heart. All right, you win. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Bam. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second season of Put a Ring on It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography, and me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. Put a Ring on It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process. We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories, and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I am your co-host, Dan Moyer. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. <laughs> Hi, Dan. I'm the other co-host, Danielle Fastenack. How are you doing, Dan? I am very well. Uh, last episode, we talked about how awesome fall is uh, here in Pennsylvania, and I'm looking outside, and the leaves are starting to fall, and... <sighs> so many leaves. I just got done raking and I feel like I've looked outside and there's like 400 more leaves now in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, last year, literally overnight, our neighbor's tree, which is right on the side of our driveway, fell overnight. Like the the, the, the (laughs) leaves all fell overnight. Just the entire tree fell. It was very overwhelming. Wow. That's like um, true like Whomping Willow style, right? Weeping Willow? Harry Potter Weeping Willow? Isn't that oh, whomping willow? willow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Weeping willow is, is the muggle term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't like the tree in the movie. It just like pff, just sheds all of its leaves all in one shot. <gasps> yeah, that's right. It like takes a deep, big deep breath and it just yeah. goes. Pff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, obviously, I know where you live now. <laughs> you yeah, live by right. Hogwarts. <laughs> I do. Very true. Actually, this weekend is um, Harry Potter Festival in uh, Chestnut Hill in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm so bummed I can't be there. Yeah. I am going to be at a very exciting wedding, though. This oh, that's weekend. exciting. Although by the time this episode airs, it will be last weekend. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. That is true. So sorry if you missed Harry Potter weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ready to go to it, and I'm really, really excited. Nice. Um, what are you dressing up as? 
We're not sure yet because we're not what? going to like the bar crawl thing on Friday night. We're sure. going to go, but we're we're trying to decide if we want to dress our daughter up and what she should be. We're thinking about having her as a mandrake, um, the little screaming plant. Um, mm-hmm. We thought that would be really funny, except she doesn't really scream that much, which is nice. Yeah, no, that is nice. But you could wear like muffin ear, like uh, like not muffin. What are they called? Ear muffs. <laughs> the ear muffs. Yeah. Earmuffs, okay. Not muffin ears. <laughs> earmuffs, like, because that's what you have to put on in order to, like, work with the screaming mandrakes. Remember, they had to put earmuffs oh, yeah. on or else the, you would pass out. Um, well, it would kill you if it was, like, an adult age mandrake. But if it's just a baby mandrake, you would pass out from their scream. So you had to put the earmuffs on. Trust me. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name is Daniel Pesternak. <laughs> <laughs> I play the I play the the Harry Potter Lego games and that's like a big part of a lot of the things is you have to like go to this cabinet to get earmuffs or earmuffins muffins ears whatever for um <laughs> in order to like do it breaks anyway never mind <laughs> I'm delirious I'm sorry we have a new puppy in the house so uh oh, we puppy. are um, yeah we are in the like fun stages of potty training and and telling it not to eat the shoes <laughs> Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. He's a sweetheart and we're happy. He has like he has like a really good home and a lot of people who love him and spoil him rotten and I am sucking at potty training though. That's all I know. So he was he wasn't super healthy when you got him though and you guys were able to kind of nurse him back to health a little bit, right? Yeah, he was a super sick little guy, which I think every pet I've ever gotten in my life has been that way. I feel like I uh tend to <laughs> I tend to find like the sickliest looking thing and and take it home and be like, I want that one because I want to fix him and make him better. So, but he's so much better. We've had him for about a week now, and he's so much better. He's he's running around and he's playing and he's bugging our other pup who is just like so annoyed by the whole thing. She keeps looking at us like, when does he go back to wherever he came from? Because, but today they're playing. Today they were being really good. So, my sister has this. Uh, uh, She's on her second Rottweiler, the first one she had to put down. But uh, when she bought Bailey, her her first uh, Rottweiler, she went to an actual Rottweiler breeder and um, she like, you know, was was looking at all the, the like the Rottweiler puppies like playing in this circle or whatever. And there's a bunch of them kind of over playing with mom and that kind of stuff. And there was one over by a tree chewing on a rock. And she was like, that's the one I want. Give me that one. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Does That's my sort of how voice, it was with this guy. Does my voice sound extra deep today? Uh, does it sound different? I think it sounds like a normal Dan voice. I'm just do kind you, of like Do you feel more serious and like a little bit? Did you have you ever seen do you watch Friends? Did you ever watch that show? I occasionally. I don't okay, know. Okay, so Phoebe, there's one episode where she like gets sick and she, you know, she like sings songs on a guitar and she has like the sexy voice. And I had like a little bit of a cold the last couple of days. So I'm just wondering if my voice sounds extra sexy Uh, or just creepy, mostly just creepy, (laughs) probably just creepy. But yeah, you don't sound like funny (laughs) or than normal. So maybe this is a good uh, a good segue uh, into this episode. But before we really dive into this episode, um, we want to give a little shout out to a new review that we received on iTunes. Yeah, so we want to give we want to send love to Cassandra. She said that we were the best 
wedding podcast there is. And she oh. says she wishes we were both in California so she could hire us, which makes us feel so warm and fuzzy on the inside. But we just <laughs> wanted to send a big a big shout out to Cassandra and say thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everybody for we've been getting emails and lots of really good support. Um, we are almost at 10,000 downloads and listens which is i think a really big deal so um we're really excited dan and i are both really excited and just wanted to say thank you very much to Mm -hmm. cassandra and to everybody else listening we um we couldn't do it without everyone's support here so yeah two things one are my goal for this podcast was five thousand listens this year Mm -hmm. um i have that on my little plaque right above my desk where i just you know write my my resolutions and that kind of stuff, 5,000 listens. So we smashed that almost double, which makes me really happy. Mm -hmm. Second is that, um, this coming year, uh, I have some weddings outside of the country and I've traveled all over the nation. So, uh, Cassandra, if you really want to bring me out to California, I will totally come out there. (laughs) Shameless plug. Sorry. (laughs) I won't want, want, but Dan is, uh, Dan is worth, worth having come out to California, I would say. So, well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our goal with this podcast has always been to just provide helpful information, give everyone, you know, um, as many tips and tricks and insider knowledge as possible. But we also feel that if we stay a little too general, that it that might not be as helpful and we might be doing a disservice to some specific wedding types that we've we've been involved in and that we have some knowledge about and not shedding a light uh, on some of those kinds of weddings. So we realized that Backyard weddings are a very specific topic, but while you're listening to this episode, um, just see if uh, we well, we still think that as you're listening to this episode, that there will still be some topics and tips and little tricks from the planning aspect that will absolutely still be applicable to your planning process and your wedding. So, um, Danielle, unpack this idea of what a backyard wedding is. Right. So I, I, I feel like it's fairly obvious when we say backyard wedding, but for the sake of today's podcast episode, um, we're specifically talking about weddings that are happening either on somebody's property, whether it's yours, somebody else's, or, or someplace maybe you're you're renting the property, but it's a place that doesn't normally have a wedding happen every weekend, like a country club, hotel, banquet hall, uh, barn, what so on and so forth. So for today's conversation, we're talking about the types of weddings where you're really building spaces from the ground up, from tents, chairs, tables, lighting, and we're going to get into all of that. But that's basically what we're talking about when we say backyard weddings. Yeah, and we don't really want to deter you from having a backyard wedding, but this is going to be a very real conversation because, um, you know, maybe there's many different kinds of ways you can do it. But if you're only getting into it thinking like, oh, I'm just going to save a ton of money. It's going to be really, really simple. You know, there's there's just a lot more involved uh, than maybe you would think. It, mm-hmm. If you're trying to recreate what a country club is in a backyard, um, that might be a little different unless you're going to do, you know, hot dogs and a barbecue in the backyard. You know, that you can totally do on a great little budget. But, um, you know, there's just a lot more involved. So we're going to have a very real conversation about what a backyard wedding is and how much planning you have to do. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we do want to stress is that if you go to any major wedding venue or any place that does weddings, um, sometimes, well, wedding venues really like to do things their way. Mm-hmm. You know, they are well-oiled machines. They know what they're doing. They give a great experience. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of freedom and, and break that mold. And the more reins you can take on your wedding, the more unique you can make your own wedding, the more um, you can put your own spin on it and do your own thing, the more power to you. 
Um, so the first question we got to ask is, is a backyard wedding right for us? What do you think, Danielle? Right. So I think depending on where you're at in this process, you may already be in the thick of it and you're having that backyard wedding and, um, you know, there's no turning back at this point. But if you're somewhat early on, we sort of, I, I sort of want to go through a few different things that you should maybe consider about consider thinking about, even if you are kind of further down the road, just to sort of step back and say, okay, are we really ready for this? Because like Dan said, the more you can take, um, put your own spin on it and, mm-hmm. and really take those reins, with that though comes more responsibility and potentially oh, more yeah. stress that's going to be sitting on your shoulders too, because there's certain things that the venue automatically takes responsibility for and handles without you even having to think even in the slightest bit of it. So with that comes a lot more responsibility. So um, as Dan said, I think it's safe to say that what I hear most often is we're going to save a ton of money. We're going to just have a wedding in the backyard. It's going to be great. It is going to be great, but you're not necessarily going to be saving a ton of money depending on how you approach the, you know, approach all the details. Um, Dan and I, before we officially started re-recording, um, I was telling him like, you can, you can do a backyard wedding that involves hot dogs, hamburgers, paper plates, and you know, red solo cups, but it's going to be a different experience. And if you're trying to create a wedding that is, you know, fancy plates and a full buffet dinner or sit down dinner and a full bar and they're, they're very different aspects. So when you try and recreate those things that you see at traditional wedding venues in your backyard, it doesn't always add up. Very rarely adds up to cost savings. It's it's sometimes often a lot more. You know, and another thing to consider is, are you okay opening your home or someone else's home to all of your guests? I mean, for a lot of people, this could be pretty stressful. And, you know, I have a, a horror story about this. You know, a, a while ago, I... um was photographing a backyard wedding and the couple had, you know, laid out envelopes in the kitchen uh, for tips and final payments and that kind of stuff. And about an hour, hour and a half before the wedding ended, um, they went in there to grab these envelopes and there was a bunch of money missing from the envelopes. Now, you know, you're when you're planning a backyard wedding, you're having a lot of people at your house or your guests or or your friend's house or somebody else's house who you don't necessarily know who some of them are. There's a lot of people involved other than just guests. So, um, you know, I don't want to say that to scare anybody, but this is kind of another thing that, you know, something to consider that you're inviting a lot of people to your private house or somebody else's private house, just something to consider. And two, unlike maybe another party that you might be hosting, you're going to be very distracted on your wedding day with all that's going on. So you're not necessarily going to be watching and, and babysitting your house in the same way. So it's it's a really different different animal when it comes to actually being uh, bride and groom or, you know, the couple in the spotlight on that day. Um, I think you also want to figure out is actually can you realistically fit the amount of people that you want to be coming. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you you want to sit down with your partner and go through and say, who are we inviting? Roughly, what are we looking at? And then say, can this fit? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, that includes parking too. I mean, with how many people, say you have 100 people at the wedding or 150 people coming to your backyard wedding, um, that could be 50 to 75 cars or more. You know, Mm -hmm. like that that's a lot of people and a lot of space that you need. So, you know, what are you going to do in this situation then? Um, if you don't have a parking available, maybe you can, uh, have people stay at a hotel nearby and then rent a shuttle to shuttle people from the hotel to your wedding. And then people can drive, uh, not have to drive back in the evening. So that kind of is a win-win for you. Yeah. I've also seen it where, um, 
there's like a nearby parking lot at like a grocery store or, or like a big chain like a Walmart or something where they've gotten permission to sort of use that parking lot and then shuttle guests from there or sometimes it's walkable um, I always say though if you are having people park on your property unless you have a paved parking lot with lines <laughs> yes it's a little tricky for guests to know where to park and where mm. it's okay to park where it's not okay to park so in those situations I usually recommend getting a parking attendant and that's just a matter of like a local teenage kid who who has like good wits about him and wants to earn a few extra bucks cash yep. for the night to sort of help people park and then and then you know feed him a nice dinner and and he's good because leaving is usually a lot easier but as guests are arriving you sort of want somebody uh pointing everybody in the right direction totally another one you have to consider is bathrooms um mm -hmm. most household plumbing systems are not really designed for constant usage of 150 people and <laughs> uh the last thing you want is for a septic system or something to back up uh into your tent area during dinner um trust us on that one. <laughs> Oh gosh yeah yeah it's just it's just not what it's designed to do and there's like rentals and different things Actually, you can do I just had a wedding, a uh, backyard wedding in August that had the nicest porta potties I have ever seen in my entire life. They were very oh, fancy. Yeah. There, there's a lot of nice options. I think the first thought you think is those like plastic, um, plastic uh, rental potties that are like gross. the ones you see at the like concerts or like construction sites or, you know, they <laughs> smell and they're gross. But there's, there's, there's like, there's trailers that are air conditioned with lights, running water, flushable oh, toilets. Yeah. Like they're, they're beautiful. Um, so, and, and I, I haven't seen a person yet sort of have issues with using one. Mm -hmm. So what about electric? That's another big one. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Electric's another big one. And I think it's probably like plumbing low on the list for what maybe people are expecting to budget for because yeah. your your house depending on how old it is sometimes the houses are just not wired to handle all of the electricity that is the day is going to demand from lighting to microphones mm. and sound systems whether you're having a dj bands are often even need higher um ampage wattage i'm not an electrician <laughs> i don't know um but you want to you want to sort of get a gauge from all of your pros involved and usually um usually a good electrician will come out and sort of check everything out and tell you where you're good or not good and then if you're not good it's just a matter of renting a generator but yep that adds to the bottom line, but there's very quiet generators out there that you can totally rent. And you know, and another thing to consider is maybe to do a dry run or a test run. Um, see where you can run extension cords from, because at a wedding that I was at recently, uh, the string lights that were in the tent, they kept going out. Part of the chandeliers that were in there, like they had chandeliers hanging from this beautiful tent. Uh, some of those kept going out. The DJ's sound went in and out because they had run kind of one extension cord from one or two plugs in one part of the house. And, you know, that created not a very good situation. So figure out, lay of the land where you can run extension cords from and test them. Put some lights out there run the lights for a while and just see if you, how much it would take if you overload it and just try to do a test run and get all of the surprises out of the way right and I, if you're anything like me i get really nervous when it comes to electrical stuff <laughs> i uh, like my candle all that stuff in the house but if you just don't want to maybe chance anything either because yeah. we don't want to start any issues there with like fires or whatnot i don't know um have an electrician come out they will very totally. easily tell you um what's what and and what to go i know like our house is is 1941 it was built and it is wired so crazy like the <laughs> things like we think we're shutting off when we have to do work on different little aspects of it is 
it's bizarre the way this house is wired. So especially if you have an older house, have somebody come out and check it out. And obviously, you know, if you just say, you know what, I don't even want to deal with all that, just get a generator. There are yeah. tons of rental places that you can go in and say, hey, I'm having a wedding. I'm uh, going to have this many people. I'm going to have a band. I'm going to have mm-hmm. a DJ. I'm going to have these lights. What generator do, what, what generator do I need? It's right. a, yeah. some extra money, but, you know, definitely worth it. Right. And, and they'll guide you. That's that's the whole point of it is, is they're going to really guide you throughout this whole process. And actually, another story, Dan, um, a few months ago, I was doing a wedding where we had a similar situation. It was a backyard wedding, The um, it, but it was a daytime wedding. So there was no lights and they were felt really confident that plugging everything into the house, everything was going to be fine because we really weren't pulling too much power. Um, but the... Uh, the caterer ended up um, needing to use their kitchen on site, the couple's kitchen inside the house, which was mm. attached to the same system as the band that was getting ready to set up. So guests weren't aware of it because it was only affecting the caterers in the kitchen, but the kitchen power kept going out. We had to uh. literally reset the breaker about a good 10, 20 times throughout the day. Um, but the food kept like getting somewhat cooked and then we'd lose power and we'd have to reset the breaker. And it was a bit of um, it was a bit of a, uh, uh, to do <laughs> it was a bit of a to do yeah luckily though in that situation the guests were none the wiser because it was only affecting us on the back end um but it's just it's just one of those things and i think that sort of brings to another topic of do you have a place for the caterer to to cook and to prep um maybe are they using your kitchen are they bringing their own kitchen in which case do they need their separate a separate tent do you have some sort of structure on site that they can cook into sometimes they cook in sheds or something along those lines depends. Mm-hmm. And that goes to without saying that, do you have someone that you can pass this information off to on the wedding day, like a liaison, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, you do not want to be the person who, or I should say the only person who knows right. where the brooms are, where the power panel is, where the towels are. Um, you know, think of a, a wedding day manager. Um, <laughs> We'll get into that one in a minute. But another thing to consider is what do your neighbors and the community think about this? Like, are, are there any sound or noise ordinances in your right. in the area where you're going to have your wedding? Right. I, I always think it's nice to. Uh, well, yeah, I definitely check with your community on that. But um, touch base with your neighbors and say, hey, we are we're planning a wedding for this date. We realize that it's going to potentially inconvenience you. Um, and we wanted to sort of talk about that with you now when it's a year, a few months, whatever away so that we don't want you to have any surprises that day. And I, I always think it's nice to invite them <laughs> to the wedding. <laughs> I, I guess that depends on the type of relationship with that you have, or even say like, Hey, if you want to come over and grab some food, you are more than welcome to. Um, I, I, again, it depends on your relationship with them, but. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So, now that we've got some of these things you have to consider and think about out of the way, so where do you start? And I would have to say that you should probably start with looking at a planner or a coordinator because they might be just worth their weight in gold. Um, I know a few really great planners. If you uh, you know need some recommendations, just get in touch with me. Um, but uh, you know, planners are really worth their weight in gold, and you can you know get started, get off on the right foot, all these good things. Right. I I have to wholeheartedly agree with you there, Daniel. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I think um like you you're a great wedding planner is going to have the connections in your area that get you 
in the hands of the right people. Because the last thing you want is to research like 10 different tent companies and then go, I don't know, this one's cheap. I guess we'll go that route. But what if the cheap route is not the way you want to go and they have problems, whatever. So if you start with a planner or coordinator or, or somebody in your area that has a very good foundation in the wedding industry world, um, they should very easily point you in the right direction. Um, and from there, your next step, you want to talk with a rental company. In my opinion, your next step is you want to talk with a rental company. Yeah. And when you're talking with a rental company, have them come out to the property where you're actually having your wedding and evaluate what will and won't realistically work. Um, where can you put the bathrooms? Where can you set up the tent? Is there enough space for the tent? All these little things that you just need to have is the yeah. ground level. That's another big one. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing you want is like a table. Cause to me, I see, you know, people's backyards and I'm like, that's flat ish, but then you put a table on it and all of a sudden you're like water glass is just rolling on down and, <laughs> and the butter's just melting all over the place. But it's, yeah, it's, um, you want to really have somebody who does tenting. Uh, I can only say that they erect tents. And then, then that means we're explicit. <laughs> um, someone who who does tenting and, and rentals and really understands that. And they might have um, a different take. Maybe you have a very, uh, a very specific game plan in your head about where things are going to be. And, uh, you know, a great company might come out and be like, that's good. But have you thought about doing this here or this there um, just to give you a different perspective on it? And it may be a great idea, may not be a great idea, but at least it's a little, it's another... Um, another option to have in the in the tank I think it's so easy to have these really big dreams and and visualize how the wedding is going to flow when you're looking at this property on a beautiful sunny day um, and it's it's a potentially a whole other event when you factor in rain how mm -hmm. are the guests getting from point a to point b and point b to point c and and is the food covered and is the bar covered and is there a good rain plan for the ceremony and um i think you just always want to have a plan b and when you're going with a venue that involves an outside aspect it really involves it often, most venues have a, a solid plan B. So you need to make sure that you also have a, a plan B um, for your wedding. Because while having like a beautiful alfresco dinner is nice, you need a backup plan. And obviously with the rain can come flooding. Um, uh, so, oh, do you have any flooding stories? I have so many flooding stories. Oh, no. Yeah. Lay one Good out times. there. Good times. Well, we had one... Uh, once, um, and I mean, Dan, you and I, we've worked wedding in hurricanes together, actually. Yeah, very true. Um, but the, it tends to be, um, it's funny, actually, it's when I seem to work with this one caterer in particular, we seem to curse <laughs> each other that it's just going to downpour very heavily. Anyway, so, um, we, yeah, we had a situation where it, we were, um, downhill of a stream, like right oh, next to man. a stream and we t we wanted to talk about the plan b and the couple was just very optimistic and rightly so but they just never wanted to talk about what happens if it rains they just kept saying no no it's going to be a good day and uh that the day of their wedding it, i've never seen it rain so much in my life like there were like streams going through the tent the tables the chairs the food everything was just sinking into the ground because it was just too heavy everybody's feet were covered in mud it was it was bizarre um but the bride and groom had a hell of a time and they had mm. a great day and everybody sort of took their cue off that everybody kicked off their shoes and just got a very nice pedicure uh, a nice like mud 
exfoliation (laughs) (laughs) and it was a good day but uh we could have avoided a lot of things if we sort of if i really dug my heels in more and (laughs) had them talk about a good plan b but you know well, if you uh, if you really are getting stressed out about all this rain talk now, um, you should definitely go check out episode four, uh, <laughs> preparing for bad weather on your wedding day. It's yeah. uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. But um, it, I think, in short, uh, what you just said about like the the guests taking their cue from how the couple reacted to streams running through their uh tent and you know walking around in mud. Um, but I mean. If you're trying to prepare for flooding, you know, everybody always thinks, well, tents can help shelter, but it doesn't help the ground from getting soft or the water from flowing through the tent. Like you just said, Mm -hmm. Um, wet ground equals soggy linens equals sinking tables and chairs equals muddy feet equals uh, ruined band and DJ equipment equals a slippery dance floor, which could be actually kind of fun, depending on how uh-huh. many drinks you had. <laughs> uh, not for insurance, Until grandma though. breaks a hip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but have mops and brooms and old towels and rags on hand just in case. Consider moving the bathrooms closer so the guests don't have to spend so much time out in the rain. Um, yeah, there's just a lot to consider. Yeah, and rain. I think if I could share anything from my experience, um, and this is... Um, this is uh, thanks to that caterer that I worked with who who thought quickly on on what we could do. He actually suggested going. Um, we got we went and grabbed a bunch of bales of hay for that wedding that I was just talking about. We got a bunch of hay, put it down all over the ground. Hay will actually help absorb a lot of the rain and mud. It is not going to be pretty. It's going to be a royal mess. But from a functionality standpoint, hay is going to sort of help you. Um, I've also seen if you have like a professional floor put in, but a professional floor put in under a tent is a beautiful thing, but you're talking a couple thousand dollars, like close to 10, depending on the size of your tent. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not a small line item when you're considering adding that in, but that does help because the, the flooring of the tent will essentially raise, um, it's raised up a few inches off of the grass or whatever you have underneath. So it creates a, a little bit of um, a shelter that if the ground underneath is getting wet, it, it's, it's not affecting that floor layer that the guests are standing on as much. I've seen particle board and things like that as the floor. Now, I, I know that it doesn't create exactly the smoothest of surfaces, but have you seen that? And can you think of any drawbacks or any pros and cons from from that? No, I, I again, it works. Like you said, it's just not it's ideal um, in the way it looks and and all of that. Um, your your best way to go is to just get a professional floor put in, but it's a good option. Especially think about if you have certain spots of your grass that get particularly wet and soggy um, mm. when it rains. Keep an eye on that, and that's going to be the same thing on a wedding day. It's going to do the same exact thing. Tent or no tent. I know it's probably goes against what we're talking about here, but um, I think it could be really cool to just put down and you could let me know if you think this is a terrible idea or not, but I just thought of it now. Wouldn't it be really pretty to like put down just the wood, um, the the particle board, and then I don't know how you'd be able to get a whole bunch of like area rugs, but just like to throw those down underneath the tent. 
I don't know. I think that could be cool. Anyway. Mm -hmm. I think so when, when you look at professional flooring, that's at the core of it, sort of what it is. Like they're putting down board that's raised up and then a carpet usually goes down over top. Obviously, mm -hmm. though, you have to work around the poles of the tent and, you know, the yeah. tables and the chairs. And I think if you do it yourself, you're going to get a result that looks like you did it yourself. And, you know, you've got tripping sure. hazards to think about. Ultimately, too from an insurance standpoint, this event is happening on your property. Um, guest safety should really be front of mind and, and high on the list of priorities because it is your property and you don't want something terrible to happen from a standpoint of your guests, but also you don't want to get like sued either. That would be unfortunate. Speaking of being sued, um, what's your take on wedding insurance? Because I, you know, I know for a backyard wedding, you're liable, especially if you're serving drinks and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yep, super recommend, especially if it's happening on property. And there's a lot of different types of insurances too. Um, I'm not an insurance agent, neither is Dan. The best place to start is usually with talking with your insurance agent and see what policies they have. But there's also places out there like WedSure, WedSafe. Um, I think it's like WedSure.com, WedSafe.com. They have really good options out there too. Um, and maybe it's even good to sort of shop around and get a good quote. Um, to see what fits best. A lot of policies, um, depending on your homeowner's insurance, sometimes an event is actually covered. But again, you want to sort of dig into the finer details of that more. And the best way, I think, in, in my opinion, is just to call and ask and be like, hi, this is what we're doing. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> How do I do this? Yeah. Um, okay. So what are some some other common things that are often forgotten about? Well, I think, you know... It, you have a, a lot of different things that are coming together on the wedding day. And, you, you know, you're probably thinking about the tent and your tables and your chairs and what color linens and uh, what are the flowers going to be. But um, you don't want to forget about lighting. I think <laughs> I think that's probably a key thing. Even if you're having something mainly during the day, um, you still want to think about your complete guest experience from the start to the very end. Uh, and that includes lighting the areas where guests are going to be parking like if they're going to have a little bit of a trek say they're all of the guests are parking in a nearby field um that you have near your house you want to make sure that as they're walking back to those cars at the end of the night if it's dark out or just starting to get dark out that it's lit well so that they are safely making their way through the field back to their car um you also want to think about by the bathrooms you know it's that that path that they need to take to get from the tent or whatever space structure you're using over to the bathrooms that's good um you just want to make sure everything is nicely well lit um and you really want to be mindful of what your property looks like at night um another big one i'd have to say uh not necessarily a wedding ruiner but definitely a huge inconvenience bugs pain in my backside uh, um, photographically, I cannot tell you how many times I have photoshopped out like those little gnats that are like <laughs> flat, like they're like are like in clusters. You see them in like cluster columns mm -hmm. all the time. They just like follow you around and like hang out by your head. And I've been trying to take couples. I've been trying to take portraits of a couple, maybe backlit or something. And the sun hits that column of little flies and like the couple looks beautiful and their like arms are around each other and they're about to kiss. And then like in the corner of the frame, you just see this giant column of little white speckly golden dots and they kill me all the time. Anyway, um, depending on the time of year, bugs can be really, really bad. So bug spray is good, but, um, you may need to think bigger in order to keep them away. So, um, Here's a few 
thoughts uh fans keep air moving and helps with mm-hmm. bugs so they don't just like hang out in one area mm-hmm. um especially by ar- food especially by food look around for um puddles of water or anything that's like stagnant because that if if there's water maybe it rained a couple of days before your wedding water definitely attracts bugs and that's uh that's not a good thing so tiki torches are also a great thing um you can put citronella fuel in them and that kind of stuff i don't I feel like there's something bad about citronella. I don't know if I don't know if that's real or not, or like there's health hazards to mm-hmm. it. Maybe not. I, don't know. I like them because they add light because it's like it, it provides a really yes. solid fire usually. So maybe there's something about like there, there's like these certain little coils. I don't think you can touch them by your hands, but I think burning they're okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can also have a company come out and spray. Yeah. Um, you know that costs you know obviously a. a a, a pretty penny but right. uh, but another thing to consider when you have a company that like that come out is just watch what sprays you use for people with allergies and sensitivities right yeah um i like it when people put out in their like bathroom baskets maybe a bug spray or something like that but i usually say try and get one that's like non-scented or for sensitive skin that way you're sort of covering everybody's bases who can use it who maybe didn't think to put it on before they before they came out there i know um so i learned uh, a f- few years ago that bugs will those types of bugs like the creepy crawly or not creepy crawly the like gross flying ones um that are super annoying will only they'll go to the highest point so that's why they're Mm -hmm. always around your head so what i do is i usually just stand next to people that are taller than me (laughs) (laughs) jerk (laughs) actually what i usually do is stick my hand up in the air so it always looks like i have a question in class like i'm always raising my (laughs) hand Uh, excuse me excuse me yes oh no nothing no 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 no, no, just bugs. It's all good. So, but yeah, I think I just, that's why you probably like really hate them because you're always probably one of the taller people around. Yeah. First one to know when there's bugs around. First one to know when it's raining. Ugh, this, <laughs> yeah. Bummer. But I can reach things on the top shelf, which is nice. Ah, uh, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'll, yeah. I'll use a stool just to avoid the bugs. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So we're talking lighting. We talked about bugs. What else you got, Danielle? Yeah. So I think, um, Going back to the fans, we're, we always want to talk about heating and cooling. Um, depending on where you're at in the world and when you're getting married, you might need one, the other, or both, neither. Mm. It, it totally depends. And sometimes it's um, you have something on hand as more of a just-in-case um, maybe where you're getting married at is like 90 degrees during the day and 40 degrees at night and, you know. There's there's um, all these different things that happen, and what you really want to think about is what uh, what the temperature is going to be. But then you also have to keep in mind that if you're in a tent, body heat is going to start heating up that tent. So if it's a hot day already, that body heat is going to make it way hotter and muggier and and all this stuff. But on the other side, if it's a little bit of a cooler night, you may not need those heaters inside the tent because of the body heat. Um, you also want to think about if it's been rainy or humid or, or muggy, the um, and you close up your tent. Like say you have a tent and you put walls on the tent because maybe it's been raining and you don't want rain to get in, whatever it is. What is going to happen is you're going to start creating a little bit of a greenhouse. The inside of the tent, underneath the tent, um, is going to create what we call fake rain. So all condensation is going to form underneath the roof of the tent. It's going to float up to the top. And then once it hits the peak of your tent, it's going to start dripping down onto tables. And people are going to say, oh, the tent is leaking. And it's very often not the case. It's just all this condensation dripping down. So you want to make sure you have good airflow, 
fans do a good job, whether you need air conditioner or heat, whatever it is, you want to make sure that that airflow is coming and going and making sure it's keeping the buggies off the food and, and keeping <laughs> Aunt Wilma, who is having a hot flash, cool too and all that. And that's that's all something that you want to talk about with the rental company, like tent rentals, things like that. They'll help sort of guide you into ways you can you can sort of like be ready for all those different things. Um, some other just very simple things that are often forgotten are ice and water. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, just keeping people hydrated and then also garbage cans and liners. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a big one. Uh, yeah. In, in the show notes, Danielle, you're going to have to link to your uh, yeah. top eight forgotten items for backyard weddings. Right? Yep, I did a blog post on this. Um, I think it was probably about a year ago. Um, cool. And I wrote about the top eight. And then I had a friend of mine who's who's really great in the industry. She sort of gave me like a whole bunch of others that I added to the bottom too. So it's a good read. I'll definitely link to it in the show notes. I think it's a good read. I guess that's really like biased of me to say though. <laughs> it's helpful. It's very helpful. It has like a lot of things on there that you might not be thinking about along cool. with all the stuff that we've talked about today. So another thing, speaking of garbage, is where does all the garbage go at mm. the end of the night like there's a lot got, of garbage there's a lot of garbage and it's not just the garbage you're making it's the caterers garbage too some take it um some just take care of it others leave it on site are you going to be recycling um it, there's so many different things that come into play and that sort of leads into the cleanup too yeah i mean with any awesome great party uh comes the cleaning up afterwards it's you know you spend a year planning this event or more and you're going to spend a year cleaning up no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. but you know you definitely have to have a plan for that uh you know who's going to help do it i always say dan uh you it takes like hours to set up a wedding and it takes about 20 minutes to break it all down like it's bizarre <laughs> how uh, how unbalanced it is and how how long it takes to set everything up and really make it beautiful and it comes down so fast so mm -hmm. fast it's ridiculous it's heartbreaking sometimes but what you want to do too is um, talk with your vendors uh, from your rental company caterer and see what they do so that you know what you need to do on your end you don't want to assume that the caterer is gonna break down tables and chairs because it's that's not always the case. And you may need to do that, that when the rental company is coming back to pick up their stuff the next day, it all needs to be like all the tables need to be broken down and stacked. All the chairs need to be broken down and stacked. Linens need to mm -hmm. be in a garbage bag. There's all these different things that, and if it's not done, you get slammed with a fee, which, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's just part of the wedding budget at that point, but, uh, you want to make sure you're aware of it and have a good yeah. game plan for it. Yeah. And you have to know what needs to be done that night. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if you're getting married out in the middle of nowhere, but like if you leave a bunch of garbage out by, you know, in the backyard, be prepared for it to be spread all over the lawn the next morning after some animals get into it. Yeah, you really just need to know what what needs to be done that night, because trust us, you you don't want to really be the one who's doing this after partying all day. So make sure you come up with a team of people who are going to help you take care of this for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's something where I've done it before as the coordinator. I actually um, reached out to the area I was in, reached out and had a few friends. I was like, hey, who wants to come help break down some tables and chairs? The more people you have, the quicker it will go and the easier it will be. If like 10 people break down 10 chairs, it's way quicker and way more enjoyable than one person breaking down 100 chairs. So just try and look at it like that. Get a, get a bunch of people together to all help. Many hands make light work and... It, like Dan said, you as the couple really don't want to be the one 
having that whole responsibility at the end of the night. And you have your your valuables too, um, things mm-hmm. like your gifts, your cards, you know, anything that really means a lot to you. You also, I would say, put someone in charge of gathering those up and putting them in a safe place at the end of the night. Yeah, really be proactive. I mean, you're doing all this planning already, so be proactive about who's going to do exactly what. Can you put four or five people, like when you know how many people are helping you out at the end of the night, can you put three, four, five people on just getting the glass centerpiece things and putting them back in the boxes? Can you get two, three people, four, five people on just moving the chairs? Um, two, three big, strong guys on just getting all of the heavy stuff and moving that. A couple people on just the garbage cans. And just be proactive. Come up with a spreadsheet um, and just tell everybody exactly what they need to do. And like Danielle said, you'll be done in like 20 minutes and yep. it'll be much easier. Everybody can go home or they yes. can go party back at the hotel. Um, you know, like you said, many hands make light work. Right. Especially like from a guest experience. I, as a guest, will always tend to jump in and try and help because I enjoy being the helper versus a guest much better. But yeah. if you say, hey, can you just focus on like taking all these gifts and putting them in my mom's car? That yep. would be a huge help. And I know that's my responsibility. That is much more enjoyable from my standpoint than being like, hey, can you help us? Great. And then me being like, well, what do I need to do? And what do I like? Where is this going? And does this garbage need to go somewhere? And what about these linens? Like I can just focus on my task, knock yep. it out, then help everybody else. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great way to do it. And I think... Um, you can also hire people like sometimes your caterer can charge you extra to stay or do whatever. But um, breaking down, I don't know if this is wrong to say, but breaking down to me is an area where you could potentially save money if you have a good group of friends and family who don't mind spending a few minutes just sort of tidying up. Because what we need to charge from a vendor standpoint to bring in staff is is tricky because we're, we're essentially bringing in staff for about an hour's worth of work. And, you know, it's, we have to charge accordingly for that, yada, yada. But, um, mm-hmm. it's usually an area where you don't necessarily need the finesse of putting together a wedding. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of just a quick cleanup and great um, work. Right. Exactly. And it's an area where you could potentially save money if you have a good group of people that can help with you with it. So cool. All right, everyone. Now it is time for Something Borrowed, shared stories from our listeners directly to you. This week's story comes from Rachel, who called in with this little tiny tidbit of advice. Hi, Dan and Danielle. My name is Rachel. I have a story about wedding coordination. So what you need to know about me first is that I'm a very organized type A person, So when it came to our wedding day, I was like, I have this on lockdown. I had the details organized. I had very little DIY things because I'm not super creative and I didn't want to worry about it. My number one priority was hanging out and dancing with my family and friends. And knowing my family and friends, I knew that would be their number one priority too. I wanted everyone to be able to have a good time and not to have to worry about any minor details, just be able to go have fun. So my husband kept saying, we need a wedding coordinator. We need a wedding coordinator. I was like, that's ridiculous. I've got this. But he, you know, should have some options in the wedding matter and kind of bully me into it. And to this day, I say that is the best choice I made. Um, we ended up actually hiring Danielle for our wedding, 
And as organized as I was going in, the day just really gets away from you. For example, I never knew where my veil was, but she always did. Somehow my cake, the top tier of my cake, ended up back in my freezer at home. To this day, I could not tell you how. I'm sure Danielle was behind it. And when I got to the end of the wedding, I reached into my purse to pull up my cell phone, and it wasn't there. I was convinced somebody had sold my cell phone on my wedding day. I was like, how horrible is this? So I took a friend's phone and called my phone. My phone rang a few times, and then two seconds later, here comes Danielle around the corner. Turns out it wasn't my voicemail. It was Danielle answering. She knew, of course, knew where I had left my cell phone, even if I had not that day. So I cannot suggest, no matter how under control you have your wedding, a wedding coordinator is a wonderful thing. Thanks, and bye. Man, she sounds hot. Well, she is your wife, Dan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel, for calling in. Um, obviously, Rachel is a very close part of the Put a Ring on It family, but we always love um, hearing from our listeners. And obviously, she has really great advice to share, too, from her experiences as well. Thanks, sweetie, for calling in. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up this episode. Um, head to the Put a Ring on a Podcast dot com website so you can check out show notes, keep in touch, all that good stuff. Yeah, and don't forget to send us your wedding story. Um, give us a call two six seven five two one two six eight six, or if you're um, on the web, if you just visit Put a Ring on a Podcast dot com slash contact. There is a big obnoxious red button that you can push to give us a call. <laughs> Leave us your story. Um, it doesn't have to be long, sixty seconds. We just love hearing from you guys, sharing your stories, your 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 troubles, your questions, your whatever. We love, absolutely love, getting all of the phone calls that we've been getting. Also, head to Facebook and just search Put a Ring on It Podcast to keep in touch, ask questions, and get updates on Season 2. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic day today, and we will see you guys soon. Bye-bye.